This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 24th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. President Trump's plans to get local law enforcement more involved in enforcing federal law will be done with the carrot and stick of federal funding. But the Supreme Court has already ruled that denying states big piles of federal funds if they don't behave in certain ways is unconstitutional. So how much is too much? Cato adjunct scholar Josh Blackman comments. President Trump on the campaign trail and in uh, since he has taken office has said, uh, we got to get rid of these sanctuary cities. You know, speaking to his crowd, how many of you want to get rid of these sanctuary cities, which, of course, is something the feds cannot do unilaterally, but they can tie federal funding to certain behaviors that they want state and local governments to adopt. So the question is, how much funding can they take away uh, that courts courts have clearly adjudicated, well, this is too much or this is too little? So your question is exactly on the right path. There are two doctrines here. First is what's known as the commandeering doctrine. Um, Congress can't force a state or state officials to fulfill a federal program. They can't say to a local police officer, you are required to remove aliens who are not here lawfully. That's illegal. But what the feds can do is condition money, saying, hey, you want this grant? Wonderful. You have to do X, Y, and Z. So the argument becomes, can the Trump administration hold back money from sanctuary cities that refuse to share information about the aliens within its jurisdiction? And this takes place by a statute that says states cannot enact laws that prevent the sharing of information. And Congress will now say, well, if you're violating that statute, we are going to withhold money. And a number of cities, for example, San Francisco, have already filed lawsuits challenging the legality of this decision, which, are, which hasn't even gone into effect yet. So what's, what, are the, what are the next steps here that the Trump administration presumably would have to, or Congress would presumably have to say, here's the, here's the funding that you will be risking by not uh, complying with our requests? The lawsuits by San Francisco and other cities are premature. Um, The first threshold issue is how much money are we talking about? So at some point, the Trump administration will send a letter to San Francisco saying, hey, if you don't do this, here's what you're going to lose on a year-by-year basis. And then the litigation begins because we'll have a sense of how much money is being withheld. Um, I've tried to figure out how much money can be withheld, and there's not been a good answer. Uh, There was an article in the New York Times about a month ago where the New York Comptroller General said that it's possible that the amount withheld is about 0.1% of New York's annual budget. That's one-tenth of a percent. That amount is so small, it wouldn't really run afoul of the Supreme Court's precedence over how much money could be withheld before it's a violation of the Constitution. Um, There are two cases that are worth studying. The first is called South Dakota v. Dole. In this case, Congress told the state of South Dakota to raise their drinking age to 21. Obviously, they can't force the state to raise the drinking age, but they said, if you fail to do this, we will withhold, I think it was 0.5% of your highway federal funds. Um, The Supreme Court said, that's fine. It's such a small amount. States can take it or leave it. Um, But on the other end of the spectrum, we have the Obamacare case, NFIB versus Sibelius. In that case, the Supreme Court said, uh, uh, 
if you try to withhold all Medicaid funding for a state that amounted to maybe 10 or 15% of a state's budget, that becomes coercive. It's like putting a gun to your head and saying your money or your life. There's no meaningful choice there. So the question becomes, if San Francisco loses a few million dollars, where does that fall on the spectrum between the 0.5% in South Dakota v. Dole and the 15 or 20% in the Obamacare case? Where are we on that spectrum? That will decide the constitutionality of President Trump's policy. Now, could it be that the court cracks this uh, standard, such as it might be open even further if it were to get there? Well, this is a case of where we have fair-weather federalism. Um, I don't pretend for a second that San Francisco gives a damn about James Madison, but I'll go along for the ride. And if we want to have a 9-0 opinion by Justice Sotomayor holding that uh, a withdrawal of 2% of a state's budget is unconstitutional, I'm with you. I'll go with that. Um, that's why a lot of these fair weather federalists are, are, are you know, go for it, whatever you guys want. Uh, but I'm skeptical the court jumps at that because if this becomes unconstitutional, like this withdrawal of a couple million dollars in funds, then huge chunks of the administrative state start to crumble. If you actually put the line in the sand here and you draw that line, you open up to so many more challenges. And then you're in the tough spot saying, well, immigration's different. Well, not really. So this is potentially a boon for federalism, which I will gladly take. Go on. Tell me more about this crumbling of the administrative state. Oh, I've piqued Caleb's interest. Um, much of what the federal government does in environmental law and elsewhere is tell states, you either do this or we withhold a lot of money that you need for your budget. Um, if it's now the case that maybe a 1% withdrawal of funds uh, uh, becomes unconstitutional, then states can say, you know what? This Clean Air Act, this Clean Water Act, it's coercive under the, South, the San Francisco precedent. We want to strike this down. So whatever line is drawn here will be a line used elsewhere to enable uh, uh, scaling back the administrative state. Now you said a nine to nothing decision written by Justice Sotomayor. I assume that's a little bit tongue in cheek, but do you expect that if if the line were to be drawn at two percent, something well below the line that was drawn in NFIB v. Sebelius, that's something that a majority of the Supreme Court would go for? Uh, I was indeed being tongue in cheek. Um, if you want to actually prevail here, and this is a case where liberals are very certain that Trump is, is acting out, um, you will have to get a lot of votes. Um, it's also conceivable that the Supreme Court conservatives say, well, we'll go along with this and we will write a precedent and we'll get a 9-0 opinion from Justice Roberts or Justice Thomas uh, establishing this principle. Um, that would indeed be a blow to the Trump administration, but it'll be a victory writ large for the cause of federalism and limited government. Josh Blackman is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate this podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.